Hello and welcome back to the MDDDS podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kyle Fagala, and it has been too long. It's been now a few weeks since we were last with you. We've enjoyed a holiday break, and it is now the new year of 2018. And for tonight, we have a lesson that's right in line with that, and it's going to be called Your Best Year Ever. That may not sound like a topic for a Bible study, let's say, but I promise you there is definitely a spiritual application to this. There's also a practical application in terms of how you set goals for this year, both on a personal level, a professional level, and a spiritual level. Dr. David Flatt will be doing this lesson tonight. I'm sure he'll do an excellent job of actually, in this past year, followed the same goal sheet that he's going to be presenting, and it has been really helpful for me in my life. I hope it's helpful to you. We will have this sheet uploaded to our Facebook group if you're not able to join us, and so it will be there. And of course, if you're with us tonight, you'll be following along. So without further ado, let's let David get started with your best year ever. All right, welcome to MDDDS, first one of the new year. So listen, we like Kyle said, we... Um, just finished up, I guess, our first semester of the deal. And really the vision, I don't know if we'll kind of realize it all, but what we want to do is create two years of curriculum that is going to give you a chance mainly to understand and become closer to Jesus. That, that's the goal, to really understand what the gospel is and why it matters so much, and then equip you to share it. I mean, the thought would be, um, I guess now that, that um, I hope that, a lot of you guys choose to stay in Memphis after you finish training, but um, I know some of you won't, and that's kind of the vision here, right? As you kind of come, we equip, we share life together, and then send you out, and we hope that you can share and reproduce this material in the uh, the place that you're going to go and be leaders in your community. So or that's the idea. So to that end, uh, tonight's lesson is a little bit different. We're doing some. I think we're going to go over some really cool stuff this semester. We're going to talk about. Um, we're going to do some apologetic stuff, uh, the reasons to believe Christianity is true and what, what that means. We're going to spend some time talking about who God is and the attributes of God. We'll do some time talking about uh, what it means to be a man of God and what it means to be a woman of God and kind of how those interact in some special ways. I think some really conversations worth having. But tonight is going to be a little bit different. <clears throat> uh, tonight what I want to talk about is how to be your best self. And um, this is kind of a Bible study topic, but it's not, you know... Uh, maybe some of the things we'll normally do. It's not going to be, hey, open to Romans 3 and we're going to dissect it. We'll talk kind of um, about who you are as a person and how you can bring your best self. So um, goal setting and New Year's resolutions and you know some people don't believe in it. Some people think it's silly. There's, there's some stat. Um, I watched a video yesterday said that 80% of New Year's resolutions have been broken by January 15th. January 15th is the, the stop date on 80%. So um, most people don't change is, is the, the point. Uh, it's an important principle of life, I think, actually. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So if you, wanna, if you want me to predict who's going to make the best grades in dental school this year, the best way for me to answer that question is look at what the grades were last year. You know? So people do change and sometimes, but it's hard. It's hard, but I think an important spiritual discipline is to bring your best self to your life. And so if change is hard, I think we ought to be thinking, how can we equip and disciple each other to change in the areas that we need to, to be our best self, right? So we get one shot at life, right? We don't believe in uh, reincarnation here, and we're all in on like, you know, we're born once, we die hoping for a resurrection in the future. That's what we're 
um, hoping to base our whole life on. So you get one chance at this life. And so God's given you unbelievable talent you know, in here, medical professionals, also giving you incredible opportunity, the education that you've got. And so we don't want to waste it. We want to bring everything to the table so eternity is different because of how we live. And if you want to live that way, you can't just coast. Right, so if you jump in the water and just coast, you'll go over the waterfall just like everybody else. You got to be willing to swim and to be intentional about how you you live. So, <clears throat> to that end, um, I want to talk about a few principles um, of of change and goal setting and how you can be your best self, and then talk about just kind of the outline uh, that I use to make goals. And uh, uh, Kyle and I used it together last year, and I, um, you know, maybe you'll say, David, that this is kind of a little too mumbo-jumbo, frou-frou, like personal leadership, life coaching for me. That's, that's not my style. That's fine. Um, but uh, maybe for some of you guys, it'd be, it'd be good. So this is something that's helpful for me, and uh, so I just want to share some of it. Most of this is not original to me. It's kind of a conglomeration of several maybe books I've read or podcasts I've listened to or maybe videos I've heard. So um, <clears throat> I guess maybe I ought to give credit. So Stephen Covey wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You ought to, everyone ought to read that book. I think it's, I think it's the best self-help, you know, personal leadership book that there is. It's really incredible. Um, there's a guy named Tony Robbins who's kind of goofy. Uh, you know, I certainly don't agree with everything he says or does, but he um, has he said some smart things about um, self-leadership, self-discipline, how to change yourself. Uh, Michael Hyatt is another guy um, that I've borrowed from. The, the, the phrase, your best year ever, that's a Michael Hyatt phrase. So he says you ought to start the year with your best year. He just, he just wrote a book. I haven't read it, but it, it came out like at the beginning of the new year called Your Best Year Ever. And uh, it's a book I'd like to read. So um, all that being said, I just don't want to give the impression that like David just came in and this all came from his brain. It didn't. It's kind of borrowed from people who are a lot smarter and a lot more successful than me. But that's the whole point, right? You want to find great people, figure out how they're, what they're doing, and then do it, right? So if you want to be in shape, go find somebody that's in shape, <laughs> figure out what they're doing, and copy it. If you want to be successful financially, if you want to be a good doctor, a good dental student, um, so I think it's a principle of life. If, you, if you're not happy with what your grades are in med school last semester, go find who made the best grades in the class. Ask them what they did. And um, um, that's, that's just that's a good principle for life. So that being said, um, let's start at the top. Why be excellent? Why be excellent? So this is a relevant question because I think most people in our culture, certainly most people in our generation, are content to be average, right? That's why it's called average. Most people are average. And it's much easier to be average, much less friction in your life to be average. Just kind of go with the flow, do what's come naturally. You'll have some up years, some down years, some good days, some bad days, but you just kind of let it happen, right? Um, so there's some problems with that. One is average is a lot of problems with it. If you look at average, per, average person in America is broke, is in debt, um, is kind of depressed, or at least has had mental health problems, um, Likely divorced, you know, over, a little bit over 50% of marriages end in divorce. Certainly is not living a victorious life that's influencing uh, people and being their best self. So we don't want to be just average. So if you want to be excellent, you got to be different. So Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So this is the verse that... Um, it's not anymore. I probably should put it, but in in college, this verse was on my desk, and I just think it's a reminder. You know, when you're studying, or when you're trying to think about what kind of husband you want to be, or what kind of mom you want to be, you know, everything you do, you're doing it in the name of Jesus. So if you're gonna put His name on your life, then I think it matters what kind of standard you hold yourself to. So blank there is your life in the kingdom deserve your best you, your best you. 
Your life, you only get one shot at your life. You ought to be shooting to be the best person with the most joy and the most impact that you can possibly have. And the kingdom does too, right? So you've got unique resources in your life. Um, that's why you're here tonight, because of kind of the life experiences that have brought you here. And so the kingdom needs that um, to expand. Okay, so why be excellent? That's why you be excellent, because you, your life and the kingdom deserves your best you. Second principle, raise your standards. Raise your standards. The standards you hold yourself to will create your future. Will create your future. <clears throat> the most important, besides past behavior, the most important predictor of your future success or failures will be how you see yourself. So if you see yourself as a B student, it is unbelievably likely that you're going to make a B in your class. If you see yourself as a C student, you're going to make a C. If you see yourself as an A student, you're going to make an A. And you know why? Because you don't want to change how you see yourself. So you'll do what it takes to be that. So if you see yourself as an incredibly fit, healthy person, you're going to do what it takes to be fit and healthy. And if you don't see yourself as that, or if you see yourself as average, you'll do whatever it takes to be average, right? And when you, you look in the mirror and you think, man, this is kind of... This is going south. I don't really look average anymore. Then you'll make change to keep yourself average, right? So the standard that you hold yourself to is going to predict the person that you are. So a couple quotes. Oh, Dave Ramsey. I should have read. So he's a huge influential person in how I think about uh, leadership and success. So he says, change is painful. Few people have the courage to seek out change. Most people won't change until the pain of where they are exceeds the pain of change. The pain of where they are, it's more painful to stay here than to move. Those are most of the time the people that change. So they've been, there's been um, billions of dollars invested in this area of medicine called smoking cessation. How do you get people to quit smoking? <clears throat> there's all these studies, there's these drugs. You know, a lot of people are really interested. We could really reduce healthcare costs. We could improve patient outcomes. A lot of our drugs would work better. We could prevent heart attacks, prevent lung. I mean, it'd be a huge public health win if we could get people who are smoking to quit smoking. There's a lot that can be said about it, but one important thing that make a point here is the most uh, likely time you can get someone to quit smoking is after something terrible has happened that, that, that you can relate to their smoking, right? So it's almost impossible for me to get, I know it's almost impossible because I've failed at it so many times, to get a 45, 50-year-old guy who's kind of living life and things are going okay to quit smoking. But I can often have success if that same 45, 50-year-old guy had a heart attack last night and I come in at 6 in the morning to round and I just meet him and say, hey man, oh, you had a heart attack last night. Well, let's talk about why you had a heart attack. And those guys sometimes do change. I think you can get half, maybe a little more than half of those guys to give up a really addicting habit. And why is that? It's because they felt the pain of their circumstances so they're willing to change. So know that about yourself and think, what's an area that if I changed, uh, it, would, it would you know bring blessings in my life? And don't be the person who's got to wait for there to be consequences of pain to occur. In fact, you may want to create pain, kind of create the psychological, if I don't change this habit, here's where it's going to lead. That's really painful. Remind yourself of the consequences of what you're doing, where that's going to lead. Right, so if you if there's a sin in your life you can't shake and it's it's not causing pain, think about what is going to happen where this leads when this eventually does become public when people know that I'm um, you know, not being faithful to my wife or involved in um, you know inappropriate behaviors or stealing or th- when that becomes public when my life how much pain is that going to cause and let that pain inspire you to change right don't wait till it all burns down but man that was a mistake so be willing to change now so 
then the, then the second quote there is burn the ship. So this is Hernan Cortez. Some of you guys may know this story, but I think it's important about change. So one of the reasons we don't want to change is because it's, it's uncomfortable. And once if you really commit to change, then you can't go back to the comfort you're living in now. Does that make sense? You want to have the option to, I'll just try to change. But if it doesn't work out, then I know I can kind of stay where I'm at. Right, so this is the whole Yoda thing, like do or do not. There is no try, so do it. But our human instinct is to try to do it. And if it doesn't work out, we've got a backup plan. So Hernan Cortez, a famous story is coming in, into the Western world, <clears throat> coming to conquer this new land. And so all his, Cortez is the, uh, I guess, the captain of a, a crew, a group of ships. He comes out on the land. They're getting their battle plan. They're going to conquer the new uh, land. And he hears some of his soldiers talking about, you know, we're going to come up the, the come up the west bank, try to sweep down, conquer the land, and um, you know, they'll, they'll, this is going to be great. But if it doesn't work out, we can get back down the mountain and get back on the ships as a getaway. If it doesn't work out, that that'll, that'll be our backup plan. Cortez loses his mind. He goes, he's furious, talking about guys creating a backup plan. Burns the ships. Burns the ships. We're not going back. And so I think that's a leadership strategy. If you're trying to lead, lead yourself, don't allow yourself to go back. Whatever pathways make it easy for you to not follow through with your change, burn the ships. Force yourself to make the change. And, and the way you do that is you raise your standards. Refuse to think of yourself as average in this category you want to change. You're, I'm no longer an average. I'm not a C student, so I'm not, I'm not going to be that way. And Whatever the habits are that I fall back into, the video games or whatever that's keeping me from being a B student, I'm going to change that. I'm going to burn those ships. Okay, why set goals? Decide where you are going and who you are going to be. You set goals so you can decide where you're going and who you're going to be. We set goals so that we choose where we're going instead of getting somewhere and wondering where we are. Right? You want to pick your life. Think about who you want to be and how you want to get there. And you want to make goals to get there. So, um... I'm going to not say this name correctly, but Antonin de Saint Expiry. Give it to Santa. Antoine de Saint That's awesome. <laughs> what is that? Is that Italian? I, I think it's French, yeah. Well, a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? So if you have a goal to be. Um, you know, if you have a goal that you want to be financially successful at this, at whatever level, and that's just a, and there's no plan, you're just wishing. Like, that's, I mean, who cares? Like, you know, I want to win the Super Bowl. Okay, well, you know, what's your plan? So, um, the part of goal setting is is that you want to do it in a way that you can have a plan to fall through on that goal. Tony Robbins said, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So if you want to do something special in your life, if you want to raise great kids who come to know Christ and evangelize the nations or plant churches or, um, or, fi- or feed the poor and um, clothe, clothe the sick, and you want to take people who are, are suffering because of uh, tooth pain and you, know, you want to heal that, like you want to, um, the way that you get from here to there is by setting goals. You want to figure out the steps you got to take. <clears throat> and so that's how you turn invisible things into visible. Okay, last quote by Dave Ramsey. Strange as it may seem, when you work a daily plan in pursuit of your written goals, we'll talk about this in a minute, goals have to be written, otherwise it's not a goal, that flow from your mission statement. So that's, I guess we don't have time to talk about this today, but you ought to have a mission statement for your life. What is it you want your life to be about? 
born of your vision for living your dreams, so I'm not saying don't have dreams, but you should have dreams, big, big ideas, then those dreams form your mission statement. Who do you want to be as a person? Then your mission statement determines your goals. What do you want to do on a daily basis? What are the tangible things you can touch and feel and see that you want to change about your life? You are energized after a tough, long day. So his point here is people are like, I don't want to make goals that are exhausting. And, he's, and David Ramsey says, you know what's exhausting? It's just floating through the day and not doing anything. Think about it. Don't you feel exhausted when you're just kind of struggling through the day? You don't even, you're just like waiting for it to be 5 o'clock so you can go to the house, right? I feel so much more energized on the days where I'm like, after it you know i'm like moving task to task getting it done you know when I, a day that i dominate you know you come home you're like fired up like yeah i want to play with the kids you know let's do it i'm gonna be super dad but days where you just kind of float and it's like you know there's not much happening you know you're exhausted and so in, in a strange way living on purpose living with goals is not it doesn't make you tired it makes you energized it gives you a reason reason to get up tomorrow because i got three things that i want to do that matter that are going to make a difference 10 years from now Okay, so we talk about that. That's why I think you ought to set goals. So then, how do you set goals? So again, this is not original to me, but I think this is good stuff. How to set smart goals? S M A R T. Smart goals. You want to set goals in a way that leads to success. So let's make goals in a way that you're likely to have success with them, right? So if you set goals and you you never you never get past January fifteenth for your New Year's resolutions. There are a bunch of reasons why, but one reason why maybe you're setting goals in a silly way that, that are unlikely to be successful. So most people set bad goals. So talk about this is really evidence-based, a lot of research about personality change, personality development and the theory of change and even like neuroanatomy and physiology that go into like thinking how should you set a goal that you're likely to follow through with. So five principles, acronym is SMART. First, be specific. Be specific. Your goals must identify exactly what you want to accomplish in as much specificity as you can muster. So bad goal, I want to lose weight this year. A good goal, I want to lose 25 pounds by July 1st. You know what I'm Then you got a specific goal so you can, a, a definition of a specific goal is could you check it off that you've accomplished it, right? I want to be a better husband this year. How would you ever know if you accomplish that goal, right? I mean, you, I mean, but I want to take I want to take my wife on a one-on-one date every month and do something um, surprising and romantic for her um, every other week. You know, that's not a goal of mine. That'd be a great goal, but um, so I'm not trying to make husbands feel better. As an example, like, but you could measure, you could look back and say, did I do the task, the specific things that I laid out for myself? Otherwise, you could always kind of give yourself a pass, right? Oh yeah, I was. A, I was a good husband in 2017. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, you know, but how would you know, right? Um, so there's be no way to to measure it. Okay. So second thing, measurable. You can't manage what you can't measure. Peter Drucker, he's like the guru of like um, company development, organizational psychology, and so he says you can't manage what you can't measure. So if you can't measure your goal. It's, a, it's not a good goal. So maybe like if you're thinking about income, you want to raise your, you say, I want to make more money this year. Okay, well, I want to make, you know, $50,000 more dollars this year than last year. And then you can break that down to how much you, do you make each week, each month. And you can break down, you can measure your change, measure how you've changed. So it's, it's very similar to specific, but specific would be more, something more that you could say I did it or didn't do it. Measurable would be how can I track if I did or didn't do it, right? So how do the numbers fit in? Third would be actionable. 
So Tony Robbins says, remember, a real decision is measured by the fact that you've taken new action. If there's no action, you haven't truly decided. You haven't truly decided. So I felt this way with this decision we just made about um, what job to take, right? So there were a couple of times where we kind of decided we're going to do one thing or the other. But if I didn't do something, we really hadn't decided, right? If you don't go in and sign the contract, if you don't start telling people that you've decided, then it's not really a decision. And um, so that's the same thing about goals. If you say, um, man, what would be a good goal? If you want to, um, I don't know, what, what are some resolutions people have this year? You might want to throw one out there. Read the New Testament. Okay, so if you want to, if you want to read the New Testament this year, um, I think a way that you need to make that goal actionable is you need to start reading the Bible, right? So you want to be able to pull pull your Bible out in the morning or whatever time you set aside and you want um, you want you want to take action. So reading the New Testament is actually a great example. So is that is that um, specific? Yes. You can say at the end of the year, did you or did you not read the New Testament? Is it measurable? Well, of course. So you can take the New Testament and say, okay, there's 27 books in the New Testament. There's 12 months in a year. So you got to read like, you know, 2.3, 2.4 books a month. And then so you just track it, right? And you say, okay, in January, that means I'm going to read Matthew, Mark, and half of Luke. And then in, Mar- in uh, February, I'm going to read the other half of Luke, John, and Acts, right? And so you have a, you can measure that. And then you've got an actionable thing so each morning with my cup of coffee instead of um you know i would check like tennessee football recruiting i'm gonna i'm gonna have the, the word out and we're gonna i'm gonna work on it for five minutes you know okay realistic your goal must be challenging at the same time it should be realistic and attainable not impossible to reach it should be challenging enough to make you stretch but not so far that you break so i think this is so important so a goal that is too small doesn't matter. It's not a good goal. So if your goal is to, I don't know, um, brush your teeth. yeah, if your <laughs> if your goal is to, to brush your teeth twice a day, you know, you're usually brushing your teeth once a day. You know, your big goal brush your teeth twice a day. You know, we're kind of wasting our time. We don't need like you know some kind of leadership experts to give us quotes like just brush your teeth. Uh, you know what I mean? But if if your goal is too big then it, I don't think that's helpful either because it's both discouraging and it's unrealistic and this whole process doesn't matter because you're setting yourself up in a way that, that's unlikely to fail. So I uh, watched a, <clears throat> a Tony Robbins video I actually watched this morning <laughs> thinking about some of this stuff and he was counseling this person. He said, almost everyone overestimates what they can do in a year and underestimates what they can do in a decade. Right, so he's encouraging people how they think about their life. So it's we so often over um, create goals for us that are too large in the short term, but we we um, short sell ourselves of what you can do with a life. So a life oriented to to passionate, meaningful habits can change the world. You can certainly change your community, light your church on fire, um, disciple the nations reach lost people for Christ, heal the... I mean, a life oriented with right habits, right direction, continually pattern can make huge changes. But we don't need to make goals, I'm going to lose 150 pounds this year, right? That's not a good goal. That's a, we would, I don't know, maybe maybe somebody is. That's not my self-discipline level, right? So we want to create goals that are oriented in a way that it's realistic that we're going to achieve them. And then the last one is time-bound. 
time bound. So this is kind of similar to specific, but you need to say, I'm going to accomplish it by X date. So the example we gave with like um, weight loss is <clears throat> really important. I'm going to lose 25 pounds by July 1st. So on July 1st, I'm going to look back and I'm going to check, did I do it or not? So you want to force yourself to have a time where you're going to look back and do it. Um, so I, I think we've all kind of experienced this. The best studying I've ever done in my life is when I had a test the next day and it's 4 a.m. Right? If I have a test in three days, you know what I'm doing at 4 a.m.? Sleeping. If, I mean, full stop, no doubt. If I have a test tomorrow, I'll stay up all night. You know what I mean? I've done that several times, you know, because it's, it's time bound. I've got a date where I've got to accomplish this by. And doing great things requires that sometimes. You've got to have a date where you're saying, you know, I said I was going to read the New Testament by um, December 31st, and it's, it's Christmas. And so I've got to hunker down and read for an hour tonight. You know, I've got to, I've got to knock it out. So you've got to have some things that kind of push yourself. Same reason our government, like we got like, I mean, absolute morons like trying to like do the budget. We never, no one ever like thinks about making a budget until like the night before we like, like, oh, we're going to shut down the government tomorrow if we don't make a budget. It's like, what have you guys been doing for the last six months? Like make a budget. But it's just, it's human nature. We don't do anything until you have to. So if you want to do great things that no one's going to hold you accountable for, you've got to put a date to hold yourself accountable. So that brings us to this, this goal sheet we made. <clears throat> so I've tried to include what I think are, are these the best principles about setting goals into like a sheet that kind of forces you to make goals in a way that's consistent with what we know about psychology and what we know about leadership and what we know about goal setting. So I'll just read a couple of these quotes. Um, I'm a big quote guy. Maybe it's annoying everybody, but I, <clears throat> I think we find smart, successful people and what do they say and think about life. And I, I, think, um, I think we need to be humble enough to say we don't know everything. We can learn from other people. So in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to the daily acts of trivia. So if you're not intentional, you'll float right over the waterfall. <laughs> you'll get obsessed with who got voted off the island. You'll be fired up with who didn't get the rose. You'll be you know, so pumped up about the latest computer game. And you'll miss the great things that matter for life and eternity. So don't be obsessed with trivia. Make clearly defined goals so you can do great things. The real value of setting goals, though, is not the recognition or reward. It's not even like really accomplishing them. It's the person we become by finding the discipline, courage, and commitment to achieve them. So if you've ever given your all for like a big goal and you hit it, it's almost not the greatest thing about it isn't that you necessarily achieve that thing, that you got the big bonus or that you, you know, finally were able to buy the car you want or but it's the person you became in the process that's the reward looking in the mirror at a virtuous person full of character and courage right and so that's why we set goals because it transforms who we are okay so this is the goal matrix that we we have uh, made and we use so all the categories start with an f um, so maybe maybe it makes it a little easier to remember a little slicker to look at so I think there's seven areas of your life that make you a complete person so if you if you want to live a true good and beautiful life I think there's seven dimensions to that kind of life so they're faith family friends fitness fortitude so stretching here a little bit on a few of these to make them start with F but fortitude is mental and emotional strength so it's, the, it's this idea of what we talked about before. When no one's around and you look at yourself in the mirror, you lay in bed at night, lights are out, you close your eyes, what do you really think about yourself as a person? 
What is your character? What is your virtue? Do you do the right thing even when it's hard? It's being that kind of internally. Uh, a fortitude is like a, comes from the same Greek, Greek word that like means like your intestines, like your insides. Do you have inside of you the things that it takes to be virtuous? Then fierceness. This is a word I'm just using for like career. Do you have passion and hard work in your career? Are you committed to being a great person? professionally or if you're called to be stay-at-home mom like Lauren is that's where she, she puts her goals about being a mom in the fierceness category um, or if you're a student this would be where you put your goals about um, school and grades and those kind of things and then finances so these all these all start with F these are all seven categories they're also in the order at least I think they should be in right so the one I like to talk about whenever <clears throat> I go over this with someone is like finances are finances important Yes, I think that you ought to have financial goals. I think you ought to think about how God wants you to steward your talents, your abilities, your experiences to create wealth and money and then what you do with that. Is it the most important? No. In fact, I think it's the least important of the important things, right? A life obsessed with money is a, is a, is a poor life, right? It's, that's not a life of meaning. So you ought to think about it. You need to, I mean, Jesus talks about money all the time. You ought to think about it. You ought to have goals for it. But it needs to be appropriately balanced. If you're thinking about your financial goals all the time, you're never thinking about your family goals, you're missing the, the deal. So make your family goals before you make your financial goals. Okay? So then what we want to do is we got our, our seven categories and you make a goal, right? So you write out what your goal is. So Kyle said, wants to read the New Testament in 2018. So you write, I want to read the New Testament in 2018. Action steps. So this is this is what forces you to be actionable and measurable, right? So you're going to write something that you can either say I did or didn't do. So Kyle Kyle may say um, I'm going to read um, two and a half chapters. I mean, I'm sorry, two and a half books of the New Testament every month, right? So now he knows. Now he's got his plan. These are the steps he's going to take. And he says target date. I'm going to say he's going to say I'm going to be done by 12:31. Then on 12:31 he's going to come back. He's got a check here. Did he do it or did he not? He's going to put a check there if he did. Right, so it's time bound forces him to forces him also to be specific. Can I check that box or not? If you can't check this box on a goal, it's not a good goal, right? Could you ever check this box on? Um, uh, you know, I'm going to be a more attentive dad. You, you no, you couldn't, right? Could you check this box on? You know, I'm I'm going to. Um, you know, I'm going to have 12 one-on-one -on -one dates with my daughter in 2018. Yes. And that would be, obviously, you would be being an attentive dad if you spent 12 evenings just with you and your daughter. And this is a way to measure and force yourself to actually do it. So then at the bottom, I uh, sign my name. You may think that sounds kind of cheesy. Like, why are you signing? It's not like a contract. Well, it is a contract. It's a contract with yourself. So you're promising yourself you're going to try to live up to these standards. Then I date it. And then each quarter that I added this this year, but at the end of the first quarter, so at the end of March, the end of the second quarter, end of the third quarter, end of the fourth quarter, I'm, I want to make sure I sit down and review what I said I was going to do. And so on those dates, I'm going to write the date. So I'll write you know, 331.18 when I sit down at the end of the first quarter <coughs> to review my personal goals. So maybe you think that is too much kind of mumbo-jumbo self-help stuff uh, for the rest of your life. But I, I think this, I found this stuff really helpful to me in my life, and maybe it will be to you too. Okay, so I want to thank you for joining us, for tuning in. We will be off next Monday. That is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and so we're going to take that off. Then we'll be back the Monday after that. I think David may have alluded to it in the recording. Um, we're going to be back starting a series on the attributes of God. This is a book written by A.W. Tozer. You can pick that up. It's called Attributes of God. He has two of those books, 
The first is what we'll be doing, and we're going to go over two attributes of God each week, so two characteristics of God, is, uh, of God and, and who He is. And so uh, we, we did this recently in a, in a class at our church, and it was great. So you get to learn more about God uh, and who He is, and that's based on things we read about Him in the Bible. And some of them are you know, kind of obvious, things like God is holy and perhaps God is just, but some other ones that are a little bit deeper, maybe that God is infinite or that He emanates things. And so there are some concepts that you may not be familiar with that allow you to see God in a different way, and uh, and for me at least, it was very spiritually uplifting. So I hope you'll be back with us in a couple weeks, and I hope this year is great for you. So as we talk about planning, I really encourage you to fill that sheet out and to give it your best shot. The worst that can happen is that you fail at it, but the best that can happen is is you become a better version of yourself by doing that. And I think through that, spiritually, we uh, increase God's kingdom. That's the goal. So have a great week. We will see you in a couple weeks.